0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We know, Lord, that the entrance of your word gives light. He gives revelation, understanding, enlightenment to our spirits direction to our lives father and so we can be led like steve was saying from victory to victory glory to god and we thank you for that in jesus name amen 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 amen, amen. praise the lord well a few weeks ago we started this series and i, I hope to uh, conclude this tonight on uh testing supernatural things whether it's dreams visions manifestations of the Spirit, revelations, uh, all those kinds of things. Everything has to be judged. We've been told to, to uh, test the spirits to see whether they are of God. And over in 1 Timothy, turn over there with me tonight. I will mention something and read something that, I, uh, that we focused on even a few weeks earlier. And that's in chapter 4, 1 Timothy 4. It says the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We also pointed out that the Christian life is designed to be supernatural. And more recently on Sundays I've been talking about the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to have powerful lives, impactful lives with the power of God. That means supernatural power. Well, uh, anytime you're dealing with supernatural power, supernatural intervention, intervention, being led of the Spirit, all of that is beyond the, the scope of ordinary life. Well, when you deal with, with the supernatural, you have to judge things. Because the enemy is always trying to present something that's false and pass it off as something real to get people sidetracked. And so we don't want to be sidetracked. We want to stay in the main flow of what God's doing. He said expressly, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, does anybody uh, 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 think that we're not living in the latter times? No, we're obviously living in the latter times. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. When you give heed to things that you ought not give heed to, when you start listening to the wrong voice uh, in spiritual things, the the wrong uh, teaching or the wrong manifestation of the spirit, when you become susceptible to things that come to you from the enemy, you stray from the truth and you you'll end up departing from the faith. And so we don't want that to happen, amen. And so uh last week we were looking at the third chapter. I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 3. Glory to God. No, it's it's the first chapter, verse number 3. 1 Timothy Chapter 1, verse number 3. We were talking about... uh, I said that there were four questions I wanted to present to you or four things to ask about any spiritual manifestation. First was, how was the experience received? And the main gist of what we were talking about is that when God moves supernaturally in, in spectacular ways... Be it through a dream or a vision or some kind of a special revelation, people in the Bible were not expecting it, and that and and that's that's one thing. But if the takeaway from that, if they weren't expecting it, then it wasn't an ordinary occurrence in their life that they were planning on. You know, if you if you if you think if you think every day that something spectacular is going to happen, that the Spirit of God is going to give a dream or a vision or a special word every day. If you're, if you're expecting things like that, that's out of line with the Scriptures. These things happened unexpectedly, and so people weren't queuing themselves up, uh, mentally psyching themselves up and imagining things. And uh, that, that was the first question to ask, how was the experience received? And then the second one we were talking about last week, what was the content of the revelation? Does it agree with the Bible? Some people are always looking for deeper revelations. And that was the one thing that characterized the major error, threat of error in the early church was the was the was the error of gnosticism. And gnosticism was uh, essentially built on this idea that some people had special, superior knowledge spiritually to, than other people had, and they tend to turn away from the Scriptures into these uh, supposed truths that aren't in con- uh, that are not consistent with the Bible. But they have enough truth in them. If you're not paying attention, you'll think it's all truth. And so we talked about that. and uh, we were looking at First Timothy chapter one. And Paul is writing here, of course, to Timothy. And he says, I urged you when I, when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, does that mean if we listen to this today, does that mean that we're not open to new truth, to new uh, understanding of the scripture? No, that's not what, they, that, that's not what this means. But we're not open to new doctrine. The fundamentals, uh, when revelation comes to you, it'll be more along the line of what you're already established in. Amen. Uh, Pentecostals have generally believed that, I'm talking about classical Pentecostals, have generally believed that the outpouring of the Spirit that happened earlier, in, early in the in the twentieth century, was brought the church back, or, or people who received this experience were not only returning to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but returning to the truths of healing and deliverance, and the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, uh, blessing, and authority. All of those things came with it. So, Pentecostals have have essentially uh, historically believed that that. The Spirit-filled church embodies, at, at least in some measure, all of the doctrines of the New Testament. That's why some churches and groups are called full gospel. That means we have, uh, we have uh, fully preached the Word of God. That doesn't mean that we're prideful and we don't think we can learn anymore. It just means that we've endeavored to go through the Bible and everything in the New Testament that belongs to us, we want it. We believe in it. If it, was, if it happened in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, if it happened in, in First Peter and Second Peter, we want all of those things at work in our life. We are not the church that says this has passed away and that's passed away and this doesn't belong for us today, that doesn't belong to us today. We're not that church. We're the church that says everything God did, he's doing Amen. And so, uh, uh, you know, we're not perfect. We don't know it all. But at least we go through the Bible and our church has been especially uh, uh, mandated and, and, and given this this uh, commission and to teach those things that have been left out because traditional church teaches the basics but they put a lot of unbelief and a lot of compromise in there. And we've been instructed to, to uncover that compromise, expose that unbelief and preach the truth in areas that, that a lot of times uh, people haven't uh, been educated in. Well, uh, that's what he's talking about when he says, teach no other doctrine. Paul was real, uh, uh, he was very assertive In the revelations that he received, he he, he talked about the gospel that he preached. He called it his gospel. He talked about the mystery that had been revealed to him and and through the other apostles. that, That it was something that he said, this is what you believe and you're not straying in anything else. Because there's a lot of voices out there today trying to get into the church. I talked earlier about the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age is constantly trying to infiltrate the t- the church, and and very often it's not just in behavior; it's in doctrine, in teaching. Amen. What the world says is not true. That's I know that was a a shocking statement, but anything the world champions, you can almost certainly. Mark it down that it's not true, it's out of balance, it's 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 from a wrong spirit because the, the unsaved cannot generate truth. Amen. So we hear a lot today about a lot of social issues. They're not true. What the world is promoting when it comes to social justice, social engineering, it's not of God. It's not. Uh this world preaches equality, but it's in word only. It's in word only. It really isn't equality that they're promoting. It really isn't freedom that promotes. They're promoting bondage packaged as freedom. They're they're presenting they're they're presenting uh equality, but it's it's really inequality. They're not not interested in justice. They're interested in injustice. They're interested in a social agenda and it tries to get into the church. Amen. The world isn't interested in racial harmony. I said they're not. This world and the advocates of racial harmony are not interested in racial harmony. They're interested in disharmony. They're not interested in pulling two people together, though they say they are. They're really interested in tearing people apart. And so very often the church uh, uh, falls prey to the pretense and begins to adapt and uh, and to adopt the things that the world's teaching, not knowing that it's actually working contrary to the word of God. So we have to be aware of all influence in our lives. Amen? Amen. He went on to say, uh, he said, charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Now, the Gnostics were using genealogies from the Old Testament to teach things that were not in line with the Word of God. We don't hear a whole lot about that today. So when you read, you know, uh, uh, false doctrine like endless genealogies, it kind of just goes past you because you think, well, who's dealing with that? Well, there's a lot of fables out there. <laughs> the word fables is 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 the word in the Greek that we get the in English word myths. There's a lot of fantasy being promoted as spirituality. amen. Uh, the word endless carries the context in the Greek of unbridled, unrestrained thinking, without any barriers. That's not a good way to live. We we need to be grounded in the Word of God and focus on the Word and not get pulled into distracting things. It seems that when people get, uh, uh, receive revelations and dreams, visions, all those sorts of things, uh, that are not, if they're from God, we pointed out they're always given for a gospel purpose. There's always a distinct reason for it. It's not, it's not weird or ambiguous. It's, it's certain when people receive a word from God, they know what it is and it's based in the word. I think about all of the revelations that, that God gave to Kenneth Hagin. You know, God raised Kenneth Hagin up to bring faith to our generation. And the Lord told him one time, he said, I have taught you faith both by the word and by experience. He said, I allowed you to go through certain things so that you could learn how faith operated. And a lot of the revelations that he brought, you know, Jesus appeared to him many times. Every time Jesus appeared to him, he gave him the word. In other words, it wasn't an appearance that... Uh, of, of some kind of a, you know, supposedly spiritual encounter, an angel, because he saw angels and different things. Remember the time the angel was trying to talk to him? And he asked the Lord, he said, who is that fellow standing there? And the Lord said, he's your angel. And, but you know, you, you can, the Gnostics also were involved in the worship of angels. Now you might think that's weird, but anytime you give heed to something more than the word of God, you're putting them in the place of God. And uh, uh, every time the Lord re- came and, and revealed himself, he would give him scripture. Brother Hagen didn't know about the authority of the believer. He didn't know. A lot of the things that he taught, he didn't know until Jesus appeared to him. You know, Jesus appeared to him that time and and, and uh, a little demon popped up and, and threw up a smoke screen and was making all kind of racket. Remember that story? And, and, G- and Brother Hagen, just out of frustration, finally he said, shut up. And when he did that that demon spirit fell down and the cloud disappeared and Jesus said if you hadn't done that I couldn't have well he'd never heard anything like that in his life and he said I, you know the story He said I, I, I'm not hearing you right I, I must be misunderstanding you said no you heard me right I think he went like three times no no something's wrong with my hearing you didn't say you couldn't uh, you said you wouldn't have Jesus said no I said I couldn't have what then brother I know Jesus knew Brother Hagin was going to ask him for scripture. Too many times people are gullible. If something spectacular happens, some kind of a visitation, they just get caught up with it and they'll just fall for anything. And Brother Hagin is talking to Jesus. And he says, Now, Jesus, you'll have to give me three scriptures from the New Testament that prove what you just said to me. Otherwise, I'm not buying it. And he said, You know, Jesus smiled and said, I'll do you one better, I'll give you four from the New Testament, gave him four scripture references that proved what he was saying. The point is when there's a, when there's a, a revelation that comes from God, it has scripture to back it up. The spirit, when, when, when uh, the angel appeared to Mary to tell her about the birth of the Lord, he quoted scripture from Isaiah. When he appeared to Joseph, and told him what to do concerning the birth of this child. He gave him scripture from Isaiah. You'll find that when, the, when there's a real manifestation of the Spirit, it's full of word. It's full of the word. And if it's not, then uh, you have a right to question it. He said, don't give heed to fables. <laughs> I'm reminded of, uh, I guess it's over in 2 Timothy where it says, uh, don't don't give heed to old wives' fables. I don't know. We won't even go there. But there's a lot of fables, a lot of myths that can be that can be uh, perpetuated and and taught when people aren't listening to the word of God. He says, "Don't give heed to myths, fables." Now, notice this, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in love. In the King James, it says, it gives, uh, it causes questions. Is that what that says, honey? Which minister questions. Unfounded, the, the Greek means unfounded conclusions, answers that lead to nowhere, nothing solid on which you can build your life. It might be tantalizing, but it's impractical. Very often, when people get led astray with with uh, dreams and and supposed visitations, the people get get led astray because what is in contained in the revelation doesn't have any practicality. It doesn't really answer any question. It creates questions. Amen. He said, "These fables, these endless genealogies, cause." questions, disputes, rather than godly edification, which is in faith. If, if you are, if someone comes to you and has a revelation, and they say, well, the Lord gave me this revelation. I had a dream, I had a vision, or the spirit manifested himself. I saw an angel or whatever. Uh, now you might think, well, that doesn't happen very often. I don't know anybody that does that. There are a lot of voices in the world And there are a lot of voices in the church. And we live, when I first started this church in 1980, there was no internet. The worst thing we had to deal with was Christian television. There was a lot of false doctrine on Christian television. But today, we're connected with everybody everywhere. And there are a lot of people preaching things and giving revelations that aren't accurate. they don 't build up, they don 't edify if somebody like I started to say, if somebody comes to you or you see it on the internet and there 's a revelation supposedly from someone, does it build you up does it does it cause you to uh, does the revelation bring you closer to god does it does it stir uh something on the inside that that stimulates faith if it only is a tantalizing idea, if it's just something that makes you think, hmm, never have thought about that's interesting. Friend, this is interesting. This is interesting. Our lives are supposed to be built on this. Not just interesting new ideas. Amen. He says... uh, They cause disputes, endless questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. Now the purpose of the commandment is love. The purpose of the word of God is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience and from sincere faith. If what is being ministered doesn't minister love, if if it's not pure and holy, if it's not, uh, does, if, it's, if it doesn't minister to a good conscience in you, if it causes you to question things that you know are true, that's a good indication that what you're listening to is not right. And sincere faith, he said, from, and from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk. People turn aside to idle talk after they stray from the Word. If you're not building yourself up in the Word on a regular basis, if you're not feeding on the Word, uh, staying in fellowship with the Lord, prayer, meditation, speaking the Word of God, if you're not reinforcing the foundation in your life, you will stray. And when you lose your excitement, over the Word of God when it's not interesting enough to you anymore and you need something else to tickle your ears, you have strayed from the truth. That's when people begin to give heed to false things is because they're no longer satisfied with the Word of God. I know uh, Steve Morgan on, on a Sunday night not long ago, he was talking about Uh, what I was teaching on Sundays on Christian basics and he was saying it's good to go over the basics to get yourself established in these things really my basic fundamental reason for, for teaching on Christian basics is we have quite a few new people in our church I don't know if you're aware of that, but there are several families in the last year that have started coming to our church, maybe a little over a year, and they don't know what you know. They haven't. They haven't learned the things that you've learned. And so, one reason I have to teach on these things is because I'm constantly having to bring people up. But at the same time, every time I teach on, I teach on these things because I love them. They minister to me. Yeah. They. Oh, the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of, What a wonderful thing. Amen. You know, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't available. You, do you remember the story of Eldad, Me Dad? You know Eldad, Me Dad, don't you? How many of you know Eldad, Me Dad? You know about Eldad, Me Dad? You don't know Eldad, Me Dad. Moses, the Lord told Moses to gather the 70 elders together. And he said, I'm going to take the spirit which is on you. That's the Holy Spirit was on Moses. He said, I'm going to take the Holy Spirit that's on you and I'm going to give it to the 70 elders. I'm going to put that same spirit that's on you on the 70 elders and they can take some of the load off of you and they can judge Israel, uh, the, the people of God, so that you don't have to do it all yourself. So Moses got the 70 elders together. He called them to come out from the camp, you know, to assemble around the tabernacle. And they're all there, 70 elders, but there were only 68 because two of them weren't there. Eldad and Medad were still in the camp. Well, when Moses laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to prophesy just like in the New Testament. And it was so, it was so stunning and so spectacular that They were just thrilled. Well, it, the report came that Eldad and Medad were in the camp and they were prophesying. And a man came and told Moses, he said, Eldad and Medad, they're back in the camp and they're prophesying. And Joshua stood standing and he said, Moses, stop them. Send somebody to stop them. And Moses said, are you jealous for my sake? Like somebody's stealing my thunder. They're, they're prophesying in the camp and they're not under my supervision. He said, don't be jealous for me. And he said something very interesting. He said, I would that all God's people were prophets and God would put his spirit on everybody. He had a sense of the plan of God to come, but it was something that just wasn't available. The Holy Spirit just wasn't available. In the New Testament, like I said Sunday, as pertaining to the gospel, Jesus' mission as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world for the unsaved, that's paramount. But once a person is saved, the most paramount thing is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, that just, it thrills me to think about that. Glory to God. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Holy Spirit upon us. We should never, when you start getting tired of basic truths, You've strayed. Some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk desiring to be teachers of the law understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Well praise the Lord. Uh, Does I'll say this again does the revelation line up with the word? Any God given dream vision revelation or spiritual manifestation will always agree with the Bible and the and and it won't, it won't just be not contrary to the Bible. It won't be just something that's not contrary. It'll be something that's in the Bible. Something that the scripture already talks about. The Holy Spirit is not uh, producing new truth. Anything the Holy Spirit says, it's already in the Bible. Revelation that comes is all, from, for today is already in the... You might not know it's in the Bible. You might not have read it. might not have seen it. But it's already in the Bible. So when people start coming up with these new thoughts, these new ideas, you need to be aware that uh, that's... Uh, Paul talked about having itching ears. Some Christians are always itching for something new, something exciting... Like I said, this is new every day. Oh, it's new and fresh every day. I love to read what I already know. I love to feed on what I already know because I know the enemy is constantly challenging me in life. What are, what are the greatest challenges in life? What are they for a Christian? He attacks your mind. He attacks your body. He attacks your finances. He attacks your family. Isn't that right? Isn't, isn't that where the enemy attacks? The New Testament answers all of those questions and gives you a defense every single time. And like Michelle said, if you aren't staying built up, then the enemy can come in a side door and, and, and knock you off of your feet before you realize it. And that's why it pays to feed constantly in the Word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Number three, what is the long-term fruit of this experience? What what kind of experience was it? Well, it might have been a a vision or it might have been a voice that came to you or to someone else. Maybe it didn't come to you, but somebody is trying to convince you that they've had a visitation, a revelation. Well, what's the long-term fruit of it? Sometimes you don't know right away. Sometimes you don't know right away. That's why you need to, you need to uh, set certain things on the shelf. If you don't know right away that it's unscripture, you're not sure, just set it on the shelf. Don't jump into every new idea and, 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 and new teaching or new revelation that comes out. Turn with me to uh, James chapter three. Are you getting anything? James chapter three. Uh. Praise the Lord. Now this is this this it, this begins to talk not just about what the revelation is, but the person it comes through. You know, it's good to look at who's doing the talking. What is their life? What do they demonstrate? What is the fruit of their life? And particularly concerning the so-called revelation. Verse 13 says, who is wise and understanding among you? I've noticed that people who who want to uh, trade in new revelations, they, they never present themselves as a novice. They always present themselves as someone who's wise, who has deep understanding. Well, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done with meekness or in the meekness of wisdom if somebody is so full of themselves over their revelation and, and they just and they and they have a, a a pretense of just being super spiritual I've always been leery of super spiritual people you know what I mean by super spiritual people that have that air about them ooh you know you can't even ask him a question they give you a far out answer you know some far away thing i I was blessed to know Brother Hagan a little bit not not as well as a lot of people but- Pastor Angela and i hadn't had an opportunity to get to know him to talk to him, go out to eat with him you know and and uh have him up. He came up to our to our hotel room on a couple of occasions, you know, and he and, and Sister Hagen and visited with us. So we we had some some good times. I noticed this. He was if he wasn't, uh if he wasn't who you knew he was. If you just talked to him most of the time, he just seemed like the most ordinary person in the world. He didn't have an air about him. He didn't he didn't walk around and you know look off into space and. You know, he was just just down to earth. He He just acted like an old man. Just an ordinary old man. And he talked about the weather. He talked about things and laughed and had fun. He didn't walk around like he was floating off the ground. And yet he had some real deep experiences with God. But he didn't project himself. I noticed this about him. Brother Hagin didn't take himself seriously. He took God seriously. He took when Jesus spoke to him and gave him truth to, and he, and he questioned him and got the got the, the the scriptures behind it. He took these visitations seriously. He did not take himself seriously. He didn't consider himself to be a to be somebody. He he didn't consider himself to be. A person that people should look up to. He often said at camp meeting and big crusades, he said he would sit back in the in the in the green room behind the curtains, like at the coliseum, and 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 actually in his mind be be wrestling with you wonder, any, wonder if anybody will actually show up tonight. There were thousands of people there, and and he would sit back there and think, you know, tonight I wonder if anybody will even come out to, to hear what I have to say, because he didn't have an estimation of himself that was puffed up. When people are puffed up and have a super spiritual air about them, mark them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking In your hearts, do not boast against the truth. False teaching always produces envy. It always always raises somebody up above somebody else. False teaching always does that because people like to be the the person with the insight. They want to be the person that has the revelation, that knows more than everybody else, and it creates division. He says, if you have bitter, bitter envy and self-seeking, does the person and their revelations draw you to them? You, you understand what I mean? Does it make you look up to them? I'm kind of getting on the next point, but I'll, I'll go ahead. Point number number four is whom does the experience glorify? Ultimately, all God given revelations will glorify Jesus in one way, shape, or, 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 or uh, substance. In one way or another, they will they will glorify Jesus. Go to John chapter fourteen. John chapter fourteen, verse twenty six. But the Helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. When the Holy Spirit is in manifestation, he points people back to what God has already said, what Jesus has already said, what the Word says. Amen. He he won't point to himself. Uh, in In the 15th chapter, look at verse number 26. But when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. In the 16th chapter, verse number 13, however, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So what does the revelations produce? Do they produce bitter envy? Do they produce self-seeking? Are they self-serving? This wisdom, if that happens, is not from above, James said. It's earthly. It's soulish. That word uh, 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 sensual means soulish. It's in the mental realm. And it's demonic. And he says it brings confusion and every evil work. If somebody is has you under their enamors with some kind of a spiritual uh, uh, revelation that they're trying to push off on you, you can tell pretty quickly it produces confusion. The people who are involved in it are confused. Amen. But the thing James went on to say, we turned away from that scripture, but he went on to say, the, the wisdom that comes from above is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's merciful and has good fruit. Merciful. I, I I I thought about that. I've heard of people in times past who their revelations in their little group, when they begin to receive revelation and teach, if you raise a voice of, well, now explain, you know, I'm not really seeing how that how that applies or how that fits, there is a there is a quick rush to judgment against you. They will criticize you. They will minimize you, marginalize you in the group. And I say that because uh, we are none of us are are live an isolated life. We're part of a family, part of a church, and. It's, it's, it's normal for people in a church like ours to have close relationships, friendships, to meet outside of church, to go out to eat, to pray together, to get together and study the Bible. Nothing is wrong with that. But be careful when someone begins to sow confusion, their revelation, their instruction, amen. Uh, it generates questions that can't be answered. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it was last week, Pastor Doug uh, showers over here. Was it last week you told me about the church you went to where where they had all the, the dreams? Oh, where I was, yeah, I was. I finally got tired of hearing about dreams, so I put a notebook by my bed, so I could record my dreams was really, really talking about it. He said he got some, there were so many people talking about dreams that he put a book by his bedside and started writing down all of his dreams. And, and I'm sure trying to find some spiritual connection between them, you know. After a while, he said, he realized it's just a bunch of baloney and he threw the book away and stopped doing it. Can you imagine, can you imagine if on a Wednesday night I announced and said, now next Wednesday night, I want everybody this week to write your dreams down and I want you to come Wednesday night and we're gonna call on you one by one to pick out your most phenomenal dream that you're just sure God's talking to you about and let us hear it. Can you imagine what a circus that would be? Get off on all, I mean, it would go in every kind of tangent you can imagine. Those kinds of things, and he, he mentioned that to me, I thought, that is wild. Keep focused, keep yourself focused on the word, church. Amen. Amen. Uh, it will produce good fruit, and it will glorify Jesus. Another question to ask, and I'm gonna close with this. We're just about out of time. Do, do people's revelations, I'm just throwing this out there. Do people's revelations tend to have you coming back to them for more insight and understanding? Does it lead you back to them? Do you grow dependent upon them for more understanding and more revelation because they've got the truth? That's a good sign. You're listening to the wrong person, because the Holy Spirit will always lead you in line with the Word. Amen. You can find the truth in the Bible, and if God gives you a word or gives a friend a word of God, and they and they and they tell it to you, you can. You'll know right away that lines up in Scripture. It's not uncommon at all for me when I when I'm teaching. It's not uncommon for people to come up to me and say, Pastor, and they'll take a a, one of the verses that I've ministered on then or maybe a previous service and say, you know, Pastor, I was listening to what you said, and 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 they'll they'll open their script the Bible or else they'll just tell me, you know, I was I was looking at that, and this is what I saw in that. Most of the time, 90% of the time, it's right in line with the word. And sometimes it's, 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 a, it's a, 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 an illumination of that scripture I hadn't even seen before. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. That's pretty good. I like that. It's in line with the word. If, if God is speaking to you, it's gonna line up with the word. Yeah. Yeah. But every once in a while, I'll have to tell somebody, yeah, that's not what that scripture means. Oh, this is what, the way I saw it, Pastor. And, and I, I was looking at that verse and you said this and, and, and basically that aligns with this. And I said, no, wait a minute. That's not what that scripture says. That's not in that verse and it's not in the Bible. So sometimes I have to do that. But I'm telling you 90% of the time when people come to me and say, Pastor, I just have this insight. You know, what do you think? Most of the time, it's good. Yeah. Now, if you get the truth in your heart it's going to be more exciting to you than it is to me, <laughs> you know. Amen. That that's why the why the preacher gets up sometimes, and he's so excited. And, and and I do it. PG does it. Angela does it. Steve, what's wrong with y'all out there? Y'all y'all not getting this? It's real to you. It's real to me, and I haven't conveyed it yet. So a lot of times people are saying, you know. You guys, you guys are just not listening. You're not getting it. Well, I'm not doing a good job explaining it. That's usually what's going on. Amen. Because if it's real to you, it's more real to you than it is to somebody else. But if it's in the Bible, it'll bear witness with anybody that knows the Scripture. So praise the Lord. There's a lot of uh, of uh, uh, danger in false doctrines and teachings and people and manifestations. You just need to be on the lookout for it because we are... In the end times. We will see more of this as time uh, advances, but to be forewarned is to be prepared. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.